Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, where we discuss all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. To get more information and resources, visit the website at therapyforblackgirls.com. And while I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 19 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. Today's episode is a special request from one of the members of the Therapy for Black Girls Thrive Tribe. She wanted me to talk with you all about how to deal with difficult emotions and some of the self-destructive things we may get into after a breakup. Um, But I'm going to expand that a little bit because I don't think we only get into self-destructive behaviors after a breakup. I think anytime we're having trouble dealing with difficult emotions, and that can be related to a breakup, it can be related to um, grief and loss related to something else, we've just had a really bad day, Um, anything that we're really struggling with and having trouble dealing with difficult emotions, I think we can oftentimes find ourselves um, engaging in some self-destructive behaviors. And I think it's also important to um, think about the fact that what may be a self-destructive behavior may not be something that's easily identifiable as self-destructive, right? So sometimes we can engage in things that if we do them normally and, you know, kind of sporadically, they are not so bad. But if we're doing them to kind of run away from other issues that we're having, then it may become self-destructive. So I think you can really think about anything that our good sister Solange mentioned in Cranes in the Sky when we're thinking about the things we run to to not deal with our problems. Um, So one of them is shopping. Um, So going on shopping sprees and, you know, heaven knows it's incredibly easy to do that now with online shopping. Many people even have their credit card numbers memorized and things like that. So engaging in high levels of shopping to kind of distract ourselves from other things that are going on can be one type of self-destructive behavior. Um, Drinking and other drugs, so kind of um, going beyond just kind of socially using alcohol and things like that into um, really trying to numb the feelings and numb the pain that you're experiencing by um, using alcohol or other drugs. We can also try to numb our feelings and numb the pain by engaging in sex. Um, Another one that we may not often think about is moving. Um, So a lot of times after um, there's been a major transition, so let's say a big breakup or um, something has really kind of gone detrimental in our lives, we may think, okay, if I just have a new change of scenery, then things will be better. And while you may get some momentary relief from a move, probably whatever you were moving away from is actually going to just follow you to that new city. So you do want to think about um, making big decisions like that after, you know, something traumatic or really difficult has happened in your life because a move is not necessarily going to be the answer. 
Another thing that we do that can become self-destructive is throwing ourselves into work. Um, so again, we talked about, um, I believe on episode four, on session four, when I talked about um, some of the reasons why we miss depression, I talked about the fact that we often throw ourselves into work and because there's always work to be done, we often feel that we have to work twice as hard to get half the recognition. Um, it's very easy to find ourselves throwing throwing ourselves into more work to try to not deal with the other emotions. And often there is um, some reward for that, right? You might get a promotion or you might get some more recognition at work, but then you are still not actually dealing with whatever the issue is that you're trying to distract yourself from with the work. Another one is exercise. Um, And again, you know, exercise is great and I highly recommend it. I think you should be doing some type of exercise on a pretty regular basis. But if you are throwing yourself into exercise to distract from dealing with some other issue, then it's not the healthiest way that you could be dealing with it, right? Um, So it's great to try to train for a new 5k or something like that but all of the training in the world is still not going to make you forget about that x or forget that you've lost a significant other in your life it none of that will matter another way that we try to distract ourselves from dealing with difficult emotions is by throwing ourselves into new relationships um so especially after a breakup um you know you will often hear friends say the best way to get over and a new an old someone is to put yourself under a new someone kind of thing um and that typically is not really good advice y'all So throwing yourself into some kind of new relationship, you know, it's okay to kind of get to know someone else and um, to make new friends. That's never a bad thing. But if you're, again, trying to distract yourself by just throwing yourself into a new relationship, then you're not actually dealing with the issue. And one of the final ways that we often um, can engage in some self-destructive behavior to prevent from dealing with difficult emotions is through eating. Um, so you heard we talked about um, on session 18 in discussing emotional eating and eating disordered behavior. Um, sometimes we do try to use food to try to numb the pain or this um, emptiness that we're feeling sometimes. We will literally try to feel that emptiness with food, um, which often does not work. Um, So, you know, you then you see yourself gaining weight that you didn't anticipate. Um, You find yourself moving a little slower. Your sleep can become disturbed. Um, So lots of different ways that not having a healthy relationship with food can impact you across um, across different areas in your life. So we talked about the things that, you know, don't often work, but I did want to give you some information about things that you could try to manage difficult emotions. So, you know, we all have difficult days, difficult things that happen in our lives. We're human, uh, but you do want to look at developing healthier coping strategies to deal with these difficult issues instead of throwing yourself into maybe one of the things that I previously mentioned. So this article will, of course, be included in the show notes. You can find that at therapyforblackgirls.com session 19. Um, this article is called seven tools for managing overwhelming emotions and it's written by Katie Brooks who is a licensed clinical social worker Um, so she gives seven different tips that you can use to deal with difficult emotions so the first one is putting it in perspective sometimes when you take a step back and think about what's really important to you the problem that you are experiencing becomes very small ask yourself 
Will I still be in this much pain in one week, a month, one year from now? Will I remember this as significant? When I die, do I want to remember this as something I spent a lot of time on? So if you ask yourself that question or those questions related to something that you feel like you're struggling with, often you will realize that the issue that you're dealing with is not something that will really matter in the long term. The second tip she offers is to engage in an act of self-love. Many people understand being physically ill and respect it as painful. If you get sick, oftentimes your loved ones will tell you, you poor thing, go home and take a hot bath. But there does tend to be a double standard when it comes to being in pain from emotions. If you don't feel well emotionally, it can be tough to find an empathetic ear. We all get scared to share our emotions at times. We're ultimately afraid to hear, suck it up or get over it. These words do tend to do more harm than good. If you're not feeling well emotionally, she encourages you to engage in acts of self-love as if you were physically ill. One of the things that she suggests is um, doing something that engages all five of your senses. So in terms of sight, looking at a sunset, sound, listening to relaxing music, touch, getting a massage or going to yoga, smell, engaging in aromatherapy in a nice hot bath, and taste, eating something that brings up good memories or giving yourself a treat that you love. The third tip that she offers is putting a time limit on your emotions. When we're hurt, it's easy to get lost in the rabbit hole. In the rabbit hole, we become the emotions and thoughts that are plaguing us. We ruminate and get lost in trying to solve a problem that is often unsolvable. We feed the emotion by believing the catastrophic thoughts that come up like, I hate him and myself for trusting him. He never liked me and was just using me the whole time. I never want to see him again. I'm going to call his parents and tell, him what a, tell them what a bad person he is. Instead of letting these thoughts come and go, we might actually act on them. We feel so horrible that we avoid people, stay in bed for weeks at a time, drink too much, or eat too much. In order to avoid this, try putting a limit on it. Tell yourself you're going to think or talk about this problem for only one hour a day until it is resolved or until you come to acceptance. Once the hour is over, choose an activity that is the opposite of the emotion you're feeling to change your mood. If you're sad, listen to happy music. If there is anger, watch a comedy on YouTube. If you're stressed and tense, then go take a yoga class. Everyone deserves a break from time to time. Do not let one area of your life that is causing you pain engulf your entire world. You have the ultimate control over your happiness. The fourth tip that she suggests is to let the negative energy pass through you. Negative emotion is just negative energy. It does not help to squash it down, numb it, or avoid it. The only way is to face it head on and allow it to pass through you. This takes some bravery on your part. You must allow yourself to feel the pain. There are some tools that can help you while you do this. You can allow yourself to get the support you need. Oftentimes, it is very difficult to be vulnerable and admit to others that you're having a hard time. In order to move the negative energy through your body, though, it does help to talk to another trusted person. You can also release the energy by exercising, writing in a journal, or simply relaxing your body and letting your preconceived notions of how it should be go.
The fifth tip she offers is to observe the emotion. You are not the emotion or your thoughts. You can take a step back and witness your thoughts and emotions. You can take a step back and witness what your thoughts and emotions do when there is a disturbance. Watch the thoughts of self-talk get faster and ask you to fix it or become abusive. Watch the emotion crescendo and dissipate. Do not avoid. Avoidance makes the emotion and the thoughts louder. Allow yourself to have the emotion, don't fight it, and don't escalate it by falling down the rabbit hole and attaching to the thoughts. Eventually, it will pass. You do not really need to do anything for the pain to subside. It will do that on its own. By this, she does not mean that you should not deal with your problems. By all means, take care of yourself and your responsibilities. Just do not make decisions when you are in a heightened state. Wait until the emotion passes and then solve the problem. You will be able to see much clearer once the intensity has lessened. The sixth tip that she offers is to delay, distract, and then decide. Many times, if we make a decision in the emotion, it will make it worse. Basically, any negative urge or craving lasts for about 20 to 30 minutes. It will help you to delay your reaction for 20 to 30 minutes with a distraction. You can go to work, help someone else, go for a walk, take a break from the trigger, read, or watch a movie. Once the time is up, make a pros and cons list as to whether your reaction is worth doing. Usually you'll decide not to react in the original way you had planned. For instance, slashing your ex's tires because he lied to you probably won't seem like such a good idea once some of the anger has passed. And just a note, even if it does still feel like a good idea, it's probably not the best thing to do. The seventh tip that she offers is to become aware of your physical and emotional vulnerabilities. Sometimes our emotions can get the best of us when we are not feeling well. Become aware of your triggers. Ask yourself if you have any physical or emotional vulnerabilities that make it difficult to manage your emotions. Some of these vulnerabilities are hunger, lack of sleep, injury, illness, stress, lack of support, or crisis. If you notice that the current problem is escalated due to one or more of these factors, you may want to try to take care of the vulnerability first in order to prevent and manage the escalation of your emotion. So these are excellent tips I believe that she offers to really help you deal with any kind of difficult emotion you may be experiencing. And again, you can find all of those in the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 19. So today I do also have two different on the porch questions. So we are going to get into some feedback from some questions that you all sent in. If you have a question you'd like some feedback about, please make sure to send it to podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com. Okay, so our first question. Just a brief background. 